one last song we're going to do for worship this morning. There is freedom. When I'm walking through the valley Your presence is around me Nothing stands between me and my God And the fear that was my prison Is no longer where I'm living Cause nothing stands between me and my God There's no place I go that He is not Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom We'll be dancing through the darkness Cause we believe it Every stronghold has to break At the name of Jesus Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom When the ground below is shaking My joy cannot be taken Cause nothing stands between me and my God So I'm looking to Jesus Through a veil that's torn to pieces Cause nothing stands between me and my God No, where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom We'll be dancing through the darkness Cause we believe it Every stronghold has to break at the name of Jesus Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom Watch the lies break off, watch the enemy flee Watch the walls come crumbling down when the people of God sing Hear the heavenly rule of every heart set free When the chains of shame hit the ground When the people of God see Hear the hips break off Watch the enemy flee Watch the walls come crumbling down When the people of God see Hear the heavenly rule of every heart set free Hear the chains of shame Hit the ground when the people of God sing Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom We'll be dancing through the darkness Cause we believe it Every stronghold has to break At the name of Jesus where the Spirit of the Lord is Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom We'll be dancing through the darkness Cause we believe it And every stronghold has to break At the name of Jesus Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom There is freedom Oh, there is freedom. 
There is freedom. You may be seated. Everybody say freedom. Amen. Aren't you glad we have freedom in the Lord this morning? Take your Bibles, if you will. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, as we continue our series on unstuck. Our series is on unstuck today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So where we've been going at so far in the series, on the first series, first message we talked about was to get unstuck, you got to find a yes. Find a micro step, a micro yes. So if you take a step, then you're not stuck anymore. So you look at we're looking in this series um, you know, not perfection, not that we got everything settled, but we're taking steps uh, to be set free. And then we talked about, you know, it's not behavior modification, it's spiritual transformation. Everybody say spiritual transformation. See, New Year resolutions, things like that, that's all about behavior modification. I'm going to try to change my behavior. We're talking about having our hearts changed to be more like Jesus, and out of a changed heart, our behavior changes. If we ch try to change our behavior without a heart change, then we're struggling. And so we looked at having a spiritual why to our change. Why do we want to change this? And a spiritual how, what's God's plan? And then, uh, of course, last week we talked about it was not... Um, uh, you know, it's not, not God, then me, or God, not me, but God through me. And that's such a big deal that I want to kind of go at that one another. I'm going to take another swing at uh, the God through me thing, if that's all right. I want to try to make it a little bit more practical maybe uh, this morning, just kind of take a little bit harder look at it. So look, if you will, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. If you want to be unstuck, say amen. amen. Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill... The lust of the flesh. A couple of weeks ago, uh, one of those um, thunderstorms came through, and when it came through, it took down a pretty good-sized limb in our backyard. Uh, I say it took it down. It almost took it down. Um, um, I got out there and swung on it a little bit, and got <laughs> like a silly person, and got it down. And, uh, but it was big enough where I thought, mm, I don't know if I can move this one by myself. And so I took a pretty good pull on it, and I moved it about a quarter of an inch, and decided that I wasn't going to move that one by myself. And so um, I asked Joel, I said, Joel, why don't you come out and take a look at this? I said, um, what do you think? Think we can move that? Oh, yeah, we can move that. I said, buddy, I don't, I don't know, man. I think we're going to have to have a little help on this one. I said, so he grabbed it, and uh, he took a try at it. About the same results that I did. I said, see, buddy, it's really, really heavy. Oh, we can move it. <laughs> I said, you think so? Yeah, Dad, I think, I, think we, I think we can move it. I said, well, all right, well, let's take a look. Let's take a try at it then. And so um, he grabbed one end. I grabbed the other end, and uh, we pulled uh, not in the same direction first try. Uh, I was going straightest line between two points, and he wanted to swing it around, get a little bit different slide on it. And so he's pulling this way, I'm pulling this way, and uh, that didn't work real well. And so I said, okay, time out. <laughs> Which direction are we going right now? He said, well, let's slide this end around. It'll slide better that way. So anyway, so we slid it around, and uh, I really didn't think we could do it. But we did. We did. We pulled that thing and got it all the way to the wood line. And I was thinking about that story as I thought about this walk in the spirit, because here's the thing. To get unstuck is not you doing the best you can. You need help, right? And the illustration would really be better if Joel or one of us was like 6'5", 280 pounds. Because <laughs> which one of us is the Holy Spirit in the story? How many of y'all think Joel's is the strongest out of the two of us? Raise your hand. How many of y'all think I'm the strongest out of the 
Oh, wow, Joel's tired. <laughs> I weigh more than he does, so I put my weight into it. He's younger. He probably has it. If, if, now, we really need Bill Bowles in the illustration. See, then Bill will obviously be the Holy Spirit or maybe the Hulk or, or, or maybe Holt or maybe Holt the Hulk. I, you know, I'm not sure how this, this works out. But anyway, you really need a bigger person in the story. The idea is the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting, right? And he could move it by himself. But he's chosen not to. See, the limb was stuck, uh, just like sometimes you and I get stuck. And I don't know where you might be stuck at. We've been talking about that in the series, to ask the Holy Spirit, is there an area in my life where I'm stuck? Now, if it, it doesn't mean you're stuck everywhere. Doesn't mean you're a crummy Christian. Doesn't mean you know, things are horrible. It just means, hey, you know, my prayer life or in my marriage or you know, my emotional life or in my Bible study or my church involvement, my generosity, my serving other people, somewhere that I'm not growing like I used to, not growing like I should. And so I'm, I'm kind of stuck here in this area. And so as we get unstuck, here's the beautiful thing, as we get unstuck individually, we get unstuck as a church. As we grow individually, we grow as a church. And I want you to hear my heart this morning for you as, a, as, a, as your pastor this morning. The reason I'm preaching on this, the reason why I don't want us to get stuck, is I want us to have the very best relationship with God we could possibly have. As your pastor, I want you to have the very best marriage you can possibly have. I want you to be the best, very best parents that you can possibly be. I want that for you. I want that for me. I want us to have the best and most influence we can possibly have in Covington County. And, and I want to see us have a great influence all around the world. And we cannot do that apart from the Holy Spirit. We can't do that in our families. We can't do that in our church. We can't do that at the jail ministry. We can't do that in our missions ministry. If we're stuck, it's because we can't do it on our own. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We need to, what the Bible calls here, Galatians 5, 16, says what? Walk in the Spirit. Everybody say, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. We're going to look at what that means today. So New King James says, walking in the Spirit. Um, New International Version says, walk by the Spirit. The message, I love the message, trans, the, the message translation here. My counsel is this, live freely, animated, and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't need to feed the compulsions of selfishness. And the reason I love that is the motivation is from the Spirit for God's glory. You see, if I'm having a difficulty in a friendship, I'm having a difficulty in my family, my motivation may be that I just want things to be easier, right? Things to be calmer. I don't want to have such hassles. But if my motivation is I want to see God's glory manifested here. And then God gives me a how to love with his how. So my motivation is from God, and I love the idea of animation. He animates us. He's the juice that flows uh, through our lives. I've been reading a book by a doctor who's 102 years old, and she says, you got to get connected to your juice. Now, for me, that's the Holy Spirit, amen? By the way, when they ask her, I love this, when they ask her, how old are you? She said, 102 and a half. <laughs> she said, my grand, great, great grandson is 11 and a half. If he can be 11 and a half, I can be 102 and a half. <laughs> it gets that way. You hit a certain age when you can do that again, right? And so I love that idea of, uh, the, of the juice of the Holy Spirit. The Amplified, which is a, 
The Amplified's a great, it's a clunky version because they put in brackets explanations of Greek words. It's a great study Bible. It's hard to read a story in. But the Amplified says, but I say walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. That's a, such a great definition. Seek and be responsive, be animated. And you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. And so I want to talk about that today. How do you actually get unstuck by walking in the Spirit? I'm going to say three things today. I'm going to talk about we have the option of choosing to do that. The second thing I'm going to say is we need to be open whatever the Holy Spirit says. And thirdly, I'm going to say we need to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit says. So first of all, look at this. We, need to, we got the option of obeying the Holy Spirit. We have the option of following the Holy Spirit. We get stuck because we're in control and not God. God doesn't get stuck. We get stuck. And so when we start living selfishly with ourselves in control of our lives, we end up getting stuck in some area of our life. And here's the thing. This is a great option for it. It's a great decision. If you're saved, but now watch this, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He does. But just because he's inside doesn't mean you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean you're walking in the Spirit because now you've got the option. You can, and this is the biggest decision I make every day. Am I going to be in control of my life and do what I want and what I think's best and what's comfortable for me? Or am I going to let the Holy Spirit be in control of my life? Am I going to let him direct me where to go, what to say, how to act, how to, how to do things in my life? Because it's something, watch this, that you have to consciously do. It's not automatic. It doesn't happen just because you're a Christian. It doesn't happen because you go to church. It doesn't happen because you're a nice person. You have to consciously say, Holy Spirit, I surrender the control of my life to you, and I'm depending on you, and I want to do what you want me to do in the way you want me to do it today. Here's the beautiful thing. When you were saved, the Holy Spirit came in your life, and you got a new heart. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. You got new desires. Before, you probably didn't want to lead somebody to Jesus, right? You didn't want to get involved in a prayer group. didn't want to see somebody saved all that much. You, now you got a new desire in your life. Sin bothers you more. Can I get a witness? <laughs> you, it, you don't quit sinning. hope you don't sin as much. But it bothers you more because the Holy Spirit's inside your heart, right? He puts his finger on those kinds. So sin, you have a new relationship with sin. You want to please God more. You have a new relationship with God, a new relationship with sin. And also, not only that, but you've got the power. Now you've got God himself living inside of you. That's why we have to consciously choose. And it's one reason why I started to say, I started the illustration with Joel and I. I started to say, you know, you could hook up it to a tractor. You hook it up to a, you know, a truck or something like that. But I like the illustration of Joel and I doing it together, which we did, because it's a person. The Holy Spirit is, is more like a person. He is a person. He's not a thing. He's not an impersonal force. It's not like a truck or a Jeep. He is a person. And so when you're saved, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. And now what we're doing as a Christian, part of our growth is we're learning how to live with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> how to please him, how to get along with him, what he likes, the direction he wants, what he wants to do with our life. And there's no magic prayer, you know, if... Um, 
something gets crossways between you and, and your child, you and your parent, you and your friends, you and your spouse, something like that, something gets crossways, there's no magic apology, right? There's no magic words. You have to come from the heart, right? They have to believe that you really mean it. And the Holy Spirit really knows if we mean it or not. So we, when we consciously choose that, we have to really believe and mean, Lord, we really want to live with and for you. So if we're pretty much, watch, if we're pretty much just doing what we usually do and tacking a little church on it, that's not being filled with the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we need to get a little bit real with ourselves about this. Because it's easy get up and do your usual thing, live your usual life, go to church, maybe throw up a prayer or two, and somehow, someway think that we're living filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not, it is a conscious decision to say, Lord, I want to live for your glory, for your matter. That's going to be different than usual. That's different than before you were saved, and that's different than when you were backslid. I think we need to get real and say, okay, Lord, what does that look like in my life? Think about it this way. What does a person look like that loves God with all of their heart? What kind of attitude, what kind of thoughts, what kind of actions? Is a person? They're not perfect. They're not super saints. You know, they're not necessarily a missionary, just in regular everyday life. A person that loves God with all of their heart. What, what does that person look like? And then, of course, you know where I'm going, right? Is that us? Are we growing that? Not full-blown, we're unstuck, it's not full-blown. But are we moving? Are we progressing? Are we choosing to go that direction? Who is in control of your life today? On your way to church this morning, who was in control of your life? Who was in control while we were singing a while ago? Who truly, truly, who was in control of your life? Paul kind of gives us a way of knowing that. Look in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. He says, it's either flesh, that's our self, that's our sinful nature, or it's the Holy Spirit. If it's the flesh, he said, here's where we go with something like this, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, as a way of life, not somebody that sins occasionally, somebody that lives that sort of a life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch what he says. He says, if you're not living in the Spirit, you'll have things like sexual immorality. I don't think we as Christians want to admit how many of our rank have lived in sexual immorality. Sleeping with somebody before marriage, after marriage, pornography, looking at things you don't need to be looking at, all that's included in this idea of sexual immorality. Lustful pleasures. We think of sexual fantasies when we think of lust usually, but it can be a lust for power, a lust for prestige, a lust for people to think about you in a certain way. It's a desire for something to be fulfilled outside the will of God. Outburst of anger. Some of you rather me talk about how gay marriage is a sin. <laughs> an outburst of anger. Outburst of anger, you, you, you don't control your temper. You blow up on people. Selfish ambition. You want stuff for yourself more than the glory of God. You're more concerned about sports and clothes and the stock market and politics than you are seeing Jesus honored in your life and people coming to know Christ. Division, unwilling to forgive and love each other. Now, he's got that list of sins, but you know where it starts at? It starts in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, it starts with the Holy Spirit is not in control of your life. Your flesh is. 
And when we try to modify our behavior and change our behavior with a heart that's not changed, it is an exercise in futility. But then he tells us, if you're really, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Fruit is a result of what happens from a healthy plant. If the flesh controls you, you get that kind of fruit. Holy Spirit controls you. Watch what he says. He produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I'm not saying this is full-blown, but are you moving that direction? Are you seeing the Holy Spirit do some things in your life that 10 years ago, frankly, you would have been surprised and people around you would have been a little surprised. Wow, you kept your temper. Wow, you didn't say that thing you usually say right there. Wow, you were a lot kinder than you usually are in that situation. Are, are, are we moving? Are we unstuck? Are we moving that direction? I read about a guy who gave the illustration this way. He said he and another guy named John, but they called each other Paco for some reason, uh, work out together, workout partners. And so one day they decided to do the bench press. You, know, you do this kind of thing on the bench press and going to work out on the bench press together. And so what they decided to do was work with, um, with really heavy weights the first part of the workout. And then at the very end... Just take really light weight and just blast it as many times as possible. And so he said uh, he was on the, on the bench and Paco was standing there with him. And, and he said it looks ridiculous because they had done blown themselves up. Just worked out really, really hard. And at the end, all he's got is a bar. No weights on him. <laughs> it's a 45-pound bar. Big old guys working out, right? 45-pound bar. But their arms are gone. They've, they've blasted them all, all to pieces. And so he said, he got, guy, you know, he said, Paco said, come on, man, you do 50, you do 50. So he said, man, he started, arms are burning, got to 30. Right, man, I don't know. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And so he got about 35, and Paco grabbed the, grabbed the bar, starts helping him, you know. You can do it, you can do it. You got this, you got this, you got this. He's like, man, I don't think I can do another one. You got it, come on, you can do it. And he said at 42, he said, I couldn't do it anymore. Just let go of the bar. And he said, Paco was talking to his buddy. <laughs> Paco still doing. You got it. You got it, man. You got. You're doing great. You're doing, his arms are laying down on his side. You're doing great, buddy. You're, you're not doing anything, are you? <laughs> Here's the thing: when you get to the end of your strength, God's strength's there. It's not us giving a half-hearted effort. It's not us halfway trying. It's us giving all of our effort, knowing that there's a strength available from God that's made perfect in our weakness. The Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting, right? Second thing is we need to be open. First of all, it's the option, the option of choosing to follow God. Secondly, we need to be open. We get stuck because we don't follow His leading. You see, to follow the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Spirit means that I am open to His ideas for my life. I am open to what He wants me to say in this conversation. I'm open to what He wants me to do with my money. I'm open to what He wants me to do with my time. And when I feel that nudge, when I feel that leading, then I'm willing to go that direction. And sometimes, how many of you know this? Sometimes when the Holy Spirit leads you or nudges you, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable. Can I get a witness? Sometimes it's going to feel a little weird. Sometimes it's going to seem like, I don't really think I want to do that. Sometimes it's going to feel like, I don't really know if I'm up for that. But here's the thing. To be led by the Spirit, you've got to be willing to do something that you hadn't thought of. It may not necessarily be in your wheelhouse, but you can sometimes, knowing that it's a little weird, uncomfortable, outside your comfort zone, sometimes that's 
kind of how you know it is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> kind of does those kind of things. Happened to me this week. This week I had uh, somebody ask me about something and uh, would you be willing to do this? And uh, my first response was, no. Nah. <laughs> no, I think not. And uh, so they asked, well, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to really help somebody. And I was like, mm, yeah, but I think somebody else can do that. And they said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, just, just sit on it for an hour or so. Um, and so I thought, don't you hate that when God puts something on your heart or you get an opportunity and you think about it, the more you think about it, you realize, okay, this is a chance to honor God. This is a chance to share the gospel. Probably not going to be well received. Probably going to be really weird. Probably not going to go like I want it to go. And so sat on that. That's a hard time. That's a hard thing, isn't it? When you know, you feel like, I mean, you're trying your best to come up with a good excuse. And by the way, pastors are really good at it. Because we're human beings and we've made excuses all of our lives like the rest of y'all have. And we've heard a bunch of y'all's excuses. <laughs> so we've got ours and thousands of other people to go on. So we've got multitudes of excuses to work with. And so I'm trying to come up with a really, really good excuse, one that I can feel good about and, and, um, and you know, the Holy Spirit would feel good about. And finally, after about an hour or so, I said, yeah, yeah, tell them I'll do it. And so I would love to tell you that I did it and things went a lot better than I thought and people came to know Jesus. But what happened was an hour or two later, I got another word that says they don't need me after all. And I'll just tell you right now, I was way happier about that than I should have been. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, but it can be tough on the reputation. But I'm like, yes, I mean, I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> so much wanted to do that. See, some of the sins that we might need to confess are the sins of being undecided. I don't know if I'm willing to follow him or not. You see, there's some things we need to pre-decide. I'm going to live in purity. I'm going to live in character. I'm going to have quiet time. I'm going to show up at church. I'm going to be generous to other people. Some things you just have to pre-decide. This is what we're going to do. As parents, Laura and I pre-decided that if our children was in an athletic or an academic event of some sorts, if we could, we were going to show up. And the same thing, we need to pre-decide when the Holy Spirit speaks, we're going to show up. We need to, sometimes our sin is not only being undecided, but it's being unwilling. Uh, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> that's just outside my comfort zone. That's just a little bit hard. That makes me nervous. That's difficult. I'm just not going to do that. Understand when you, that's it, a hard thing. When you say to the Lord, there's something, not, not saying that would be hard, that'd be difficult. I'd have to have you to do that with me. But to say, I just wouldn't do that. Then you're going to have a hard time being led by the Spirit while you shut him down. You're unwilling, and sometimes it's uninvolved, just uninvolved in what God's doing in your life, not paying attention to what God's doing in your life. When you're having your quiet time, if you've got 15 notifications going off on your phone that you're looking at, you might consider turning the notifications off from your phone when you're doing your quiet time or during worship service. How can you get involved if something else is always dinging, bringing your attention away from it? If you're not involved with friends, not involved with people, in relationship with Jesus, how are you making an influence if you're not involved? So we have to get involved in some kind of way or another. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Will you pre-decide to follow the Spirit's leading wherever He leads you this week? Will you ask Him to show you where He is leading you or where you have neglected His leading? 
Okay, that's your, that's your weekly growth suggestion, to pre-decide to follow the Spirit wherever He leads you to go. Now, some of that's going to be obvious, to love people, to forgive people, to share Christ, to share His Word, to be connected to folks, to speak truth, to be involved. Some of that's going to be, but to be willing to say, Lord, as I follow you in these places, I know that you're speaking. Lord, I want to listen to those things that I might not be aware of. You have the ability, I give you permission to speak into my life something that's uncomfortable as I go into my day-to-day. Because here's the thing, the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know you. He knows people around you better than you know the people around you. And he knows how to lead you in the right opportunities. I was reading about a guy, a guy named R.T. Kendall. He's a um, Christian pastor, speaker, author that I enjoy. And he said that um, he moved to Florida years ago and he decided to get into bone fishing. There's a fish called a bone fish. It's too bony. People don't like to eat it very much. But they say it's, it's, it's a real sport fish, very difficult to catch. Uh, it's a real trick to it. And so uh, he was a fisherman, and we moved down there. He heard a lot about bone fishing, so he decided to go bone fishing one day. And so we went down to this uh, fish camp, fish, you know, where they shell bait and all that kind of stuff. And so he told the guy, he's like, um, uh, you know, I want to rent a boat, and I'm, I'm, I'm going bone fishing. And the guy said, well, have you ever been bone fishing before? He said, I will after today. After that, I can say that I will. And he said, well, did you have a God? He said, no, I don't have a God. He said, well, you got to have a God. And uh, he didn't want to have a God because it costs too much, right? He said, well, I don't need a God. He said, you got to have a God. And uh, he said, well, will you release rent me a boat? He said, yeah, I'll rent you a boat. He said, will you tell me where to go? He said, yeah, I'll tell you where to go. And so he told him where to go. He said, that's where they catch a lot of bonefish. He rented his boat, went out there, fished all day. And, and they say bonefish is one of those where you, you need to See it. You need to, it's kind of a hunting and fishing. You need to see it and then you throw for it. You don't just cast, you know, willy-nilly like most of it. You just, you, got to, you got to need to kind of hunt and fishing. So he came back and he said, well, what did you catch? Well, I didn't catch anything. I didn't see a fish all day. And there was another fisherman there in the, um, in the, in the um, bait shop and he said, dude, there's fish all around you. He's like, really? He said, yeah, there were, I, was there. I saw you fishing and uh, there's fish all around you. So he went two or three times, never caught a fish. And so he finally, he got him a guide. And so him and the guide went out there, same place he had been fishing. He's like, dude, there's no fish around here. He's like, just hold on a second. And he said, uh, there's your fish right out there in front of you. Get ready. And uh, he's like, where, where, where? Well, he's gone now. He said, okay, there's, there's your fish. There's your fish right over there, about 2 o'clock off the, about 30 yards out there. And he said, all of a sudden I realized, oh, that's what they look like. <laughs> it's kind of a shadow. Oh, okay. So he ended up catching four or five fish that day where he never caught anything by himself. Why? He couldn't see the opportunity. He couldn't see what was before him. And as Christians, when we're led by the Spirit and we're open to what God is telling us, he can show us things that we will not see, will not be involved with on our own. The Holy Spirit is to guide us into truth. Everybody say truth. Guide us into truth. You know, we pray for Haiti pretty often and pray for the ministry there. Uh, tough, tough place in Haiti, right? 80% unemployment, something like that these days. And uh, there's one particular pastor that uh, I pray for some. And, and um, 
really, really seems to be doing it. Their church, even though there's not a lot of money and there's gangs on the roads and they're struggling to survive, uh, Mark Clovius' church, they continue to reach out, continue to feed people, continue to take whatever resources God gives them and minister. And uh, here's a family that they went to another village here a while back, and here's a family that they were able to lead uh, to Christ. Go ahead and show the picture. Uh, this family, they led to Christ uh, several months ago. Uh, the dad, the guy on your far left there, was a voodoo priest. And this voodoo priest came to know Jesus. And as Pastor Mark and his uh, church family uh, began to minister to them, they uh, went to their house. And uh, they looked at their house. You can show their house. And the uh, house just was awful. He said the house, uh, they'd been living in this little small house, all these people, for 10 years. No doors, no cement floor, just dust. Most of it was just towel as well as wall. And he said, you know, now remember, people of Haiti are very, very poor. Mark's church is very, very poor. And he said, we felt like the Lord did not want them to live in a house like that. And so they began, Mark's church began, Pastor Mark's church began to, um, to, to build them another house. And so you can see here, it's 90% finished. And uh, he said that we want them to live in a house where they can worship Jesus in a little bit better way. And he said, 90% finished. They will also get a toilet, a cistern to get water, and, and a bed and a table and four chairs. That's our dream. We're 90% there, and that's our dream uh, for this family. And then he says, praise God, he is the Lord who provides. See, that's not going to happen just usual. That's going to happen because the Holy Spirit is empowering and opening your eyes to opportunities. Last thing I would say is that we have to be obedient, right? We, we get stuck because we choose to disobey God in some area of our life. We have the option, so we pray and say, God, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We get open. But then when he leads us to something, is we got a choice, and this is what's critical. We can either obey or disobey. We obey and say, Lord, best I know how, I'm going to follow you here. Best I know how, I'm going to say what you want me to say. Best I know how, I'm going to give what you want me to give. Best I know how, I'm going to lead the way you want me to lead. But Lord, I'm dependent on you there. Or we can say, I think I'd rather not. Or, you know, do you know how most of us disobey God? We just pretend like he didn't say anything. Amen? You got that voice in your heart, speaking to your heart, nudging you to do a certain thing, and what do you do? Well, that couldn't be God. That's probably the devil. <laughs> the devil wouldn't want me to teach a class. The devil wouldn't want me to witness to my friend. The devil wouldn't want me to give them that money. So we, 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 you know, we think it's something else. We pretend like it's something else, and so we can choose to obey or disobey. Now, if it's something that is against Scripture and we participate in it, that's called a sin. Scripture says do this, and we do something that's contrary to Scripture, even if we feel good about it, it's still a sin. And sometimes we have a hard time saying something is a sin. We tend to say something like this. Well, I'm just really struggling right now. I've got some issues going on in my life right now. I'm really having a hard time with this uh, right now. Things are, are just hard. i gotta get, I got to get some things worked out. And you think about this. Man, I'm just having issues right now. I bet you are. I bet I am when I disobey God, right? I've got some issues. Well, I'm struggling. Of course, I'm being disobedient, and I, I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. Of course, I'm going to be uh, struggling. i got to get some things worked out. Without God, really? I'm going to get it worked out without God? Well, this is not a good time right now. It's the best time ever to get right with God. It's right now. 
Uh, I heard of a man who was invited to go somewhere, and um, he knew it wasn't right. But he said, the thing that really got me was, I thought, if I go there and my mama hears about it, it'll break her heart. And he said, I just could not take a chance on my mama finding out and it breaking her heart. And so I said, no. Now, here's the thing. We need to be more concerned about grieving the Holy Spirit than our mom or our dad or our spouse or anybody else. When it comes down to this person called the Holy Spirit that we're living with. If you're a Christian, you're living with him, right? He's in you. Do we have the heart that says, Lord, I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to do something that makes you uncomfortable in my life. You see, it's conversation. It's relationship. It's not just... Should I do this or should I not do this? Should I get involved with that or should I not get involved? Should I follow this rule or not? It's not about the rules and those kind of things. It's about, Lord, how do we get along the best in this particular situation? So let me suggest something this morning. Would you be willing to say something along these kind of lines? Holy Spirit, I'm stuck. Stuck in my prayer life, stuck in my family life, stuck in my friendship, stuck in my witnessing, giving, whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. But the Holy Spirit, I realize the reason I'm stuck is I'm trying to do this by myself. And I can't. I try hard, but I can't do this by myself. And so, Holy Spirit, I confess my sin and I thank you that as a Christian, my sin's been forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Can somebody say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord, that I'm forgiven. Thank you this is not about condemnation. Thank you that, um, that you're not here to make me feel guilty just long enough for me to get it right. So, Lord, thank you that I'm forgiven through the blood of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I need you, and I want you, and I ask you to take control of the control of the throne of my life. I, I pray that you make my decisions you show me how to live. You give me the kind of heart I need to have, where to go, what to say, how to feel. I, one of the things I've been saying lately, because of phones, we sink, sink our phones. I've been saying, Lord, sink my heart to yours. Sink my thoughts to you. Give, synchronize my life to you. Would you be willing to pray something along those kind of lines? Holy Spirit, I want you, I need you, and I ask you to take control of the throne of my life. and Give me the power and the desire to obey you. Be listening, open to you, and to obey you when you speak. Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Maybe this morning, the reason you're stuck is because you've been trying to do it on your own or you've been trying to, to get unstuck in an area without really being surrendered. It's kind of playing games. It's kind of tack a little church onto Jesus. Attack a little behavior modification, not be too impolite, not to be ugly to people, just kind of get along. But the idea of really surrendering to the Holy Spirit each morning when you get up. And as soon as he points out something during the day where you've disobeyed, you missed, as soon as he points it out, you say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry about that. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Lord, retake the control of the throne of my life. You see, it's not just, okay, Lord, I'm not going to ever do that again. That's, that's, you will. <laughs> Lord, retake the throne of my life. That's the crucial issue. It's a heart issue. Who's in control in your heart? Lord, retake the control of, uh, of the throne of my life. And 
Help me to obey you from this moment on. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that we have the privilege of walking in the Spirit, of being open to see what you will do with a group of people who are totally surrendered to you, quick to make confession to you and to each other. And Lord, just uh, watch, look, be ready to obey you at a moment's notice. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, if you just want to come kneel to this altar and say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you this morning. Would you fill me with yourself? Or maybe this morning you'd like to... uh, like for me to pray with you I'll be glad to pray with you maybe you need to be saved I'll be glad to share with you how to be saved would you respond right now to Jesus Lisa begins to play softly Father in Jesus name we ask you speak show us any area we need to surrender show us any decision we need to make to walk with and for you Lisa plays you respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning